We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right, here we go. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball... Basketball... Oh, Jesus. That's going to be a long season. So long. Long Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. That's right, it's a new season, but this is still an award-winning podcast. We're recording this on a Thursday night, but normally, of course, we've got the three amigos for our Friday Basketball Podcast. I'm one of the amigos. Amigos here, DJ Trainer. You can find me on Twitter, at TrainerDJ. We also have Shannon McEwen. You can find him, at RotoShannon. And, of course, the one and only Ken K. Train Kreitz. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a train. At Ken Kreitz, feel free to follow him. We're new and improved this year. That is a way different whistle, Ken, than we've ever had in previous seasons. I have to give a shout-out to Patrick Slater at Vermont Toy Factory. He heard my old whistle, big fan of the pod, and insisted he send me a free new giant whistle. It's about the size of my arm. It takes all my lung capacity uh, to uh, man this whistle, but yes, Big upgrade this year for the pod. No cigars for you this season because we want a clean whistle every time. And if you don't have the lung capacity, then what's even the point? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, maybe only for the uh, 
For the Madison visit, will I only smoke cigars then? All right, sounds good. As always, it's a new season, but you can still find this podcast all over the place. It's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher. You can find it directly on the rotowire.com website itself. Please feel free to leave a nice review. You know we'd love to have it. If you're unfamiliar with our pod, you know that the Friday pod, we always go over the top news of the week or the day once we get into the regular season. We'll break it down and go over a broader topic. Today, that's going to be sleepers. Really excited to get into that. I know we have differing opinions. And then we'll round things out with K-Train's crazy old man rant. No DFS picks today, but that's definitely something we're going to do to get you ready for the Friday FanDuel slate once the season is underway. Maybe maybe next week they have preseason NBA contest launches. For, dege- for degenerates like us, you know we're going to be playing and, and getting into and, and trying to convince everybody why Wayne Selden is the best play of the whole night. So I'm, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear that. But, you know, we've got some big breaking news to talk about that neither three of us have publicly given our opinion on. So without further ado, Ken, why don't you leave, lead us into the top news basically of the offseason? Certainly. This is in no particular order and certainly leans to the more recent news. But uh, obviously news came out about the day before media day uh, that old pals LeBron James and Dwayne Wade would be reuniting in Cleveland, the land. Gentlemen, do the Cavaliers really have so much outside shooting that they think signing Dwayne Wade is a smart move? Or is this just keeping your star happy? It's... It's just adding a talented piece to a roster that could use more depth. I, I don't think Dwayne Wade is a difference maker for this team. He, I, I wouldn't call him washed up. He still averaged like 18, 5, and 5 last year. But he's not the superstar player we, we knew before. He's not, he's not the same athletically. Uh, he still doesn't have an outside shot. He's not as good defensively now. So it, it's, I mean. Wait, where are the positives here? The positives right, are, he, right. still, he still isn't. So again, I ask you, are we just keeping James happy? No, no. He's still a productive offensive player. The problem is the type of production he, he gives you on offense. He doesn't, he doesn't stretch the floor. He needs the ball in his hands. Like him and Derrick Rose are kind of redundant. Like having both of them, and if they're sharing the court as part of the second unit, it's going to be that crazy. Sounds like another negative, Shannon. It's it's not a negative. He he's better. It's better to run him out there than Shumpert. I do believe that Shumpert. Yeah, Shumpert's good at defense, but I think you're going to have you're going to be a better overall squad with Wade taking some of those minutes. Ken, ask me the same question, please. Ask me the same question you just asked Shannon. DJ, how do you feel about uh, the Cavaliers signing Wade? Do they really have enough other shooters where they have room for him? Or is this a matter of just keeping LeBron James happy? All right, that was not the same question. But hell yeah, it's to keep LeBron James happy. He has a friend. You really thought he was going to be best buds with Kevin Love this year? No, (laughs) that that wasn't going to happen. Of course it is. Because what does Dwayne Wade bring to the table? For me, it, it, it muddies the waters, if anything. I mean, it's another mouth to feed somebody who thinks that he's, you know, still near the top of his game. I mean, we thought Derrick Rose coming into the situation was bad. Oh, let's just go Derrick Rose times two because you're right, Shannon. I, I will give you that, that this is like two very similar type of players and they are in deep trouble if they're on the court for a, a good portion of minutes. Uh, I think it's exactly to keep LeBron James happy. It's a ploy to keep him in Cleveland as long as possible and to keep him happy for as long as you have him, even if it's only just for one more season, but the yeah. decision I mean, but, had but, nothing. So to... Keeping signing Wade doesn't really keep him 
from going to L.A. next year. It's a one-year deal. You know, who, Wayne might want a swan song in Miami after this. I look at the depth chart, particularly at shooting guard where Wade will get his minutes. And as much as I dislike J.R. Smith, at least he can shoot from outside. And I really dislike a backcourt of Rose and Wade uh, when Thomas is out with his hip issues. I think Wade's lack of outside shooting is much less of an issue if a healthy Thomas comes back and starts draining threes. But ooh, I, I, I don't know how much, the, other than keeping your superstar happy, which is a legitimate positive for running your team. But I don't think, I don't know if on the floor this makes them better. I, it makes them better. Is it like, there's no question about it that it makes them better. Does it put them over the edge? Like, are they now going to be able to compete with the Warriors? No. But if you're if you're Dwayne Wade, you're trying to find a team the oh, best oh, chance to get to the Wade finals. Wade should sign. Wade yeah. should sign. The no doubt. It's a no-brainer for Wade. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, and, and to me, it's a no-brainer to Cleveland. It's just like, like, are you better with or without him? You're better with him. It's, it's minute how much better you are with him. But you are better, and it gives you more depth. So if Isaiah Thomas is out for the year, uh, or Derrick Rose gets injured, or whatever it may be, they're going to be better now. And and if you look at some of the depth they have with J.R. Smith, Corver, Jay Crowder, who no one talks about anymore. Which which is ridiculous. Another guy who deserves way more minutes than Wade is Jay Crowder, the boss man. you You can do some really interesting lineups where you have Corver, Kevin Love, Channing Fry out there to stretch the floor. And you put any you put Wade and Rose on the floor together, and it could it could be interesting. It well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is a fantasy basketball podcast. Any reason to draft Dwayne Wade in the top mm, ninety five picks? Ninety five, huh? I'm gonna say no because I don't know, you know, if if he was worthy of that with his Bulls spot. The only the only position where I think maybe it'd be worth it is that. Hmm. You know what? I'm just going to label Wade as a DFS play. That's really where I only want my shares of him because we'll probably see some games where both Love and LeBron will sit and they'll say, all right, Wade, just do do whatever you want. Derek Rose, Wade, go out there and do it. And then I'll be all over him in DFS. But um, am I going to invest in Dwayne Wade when he's just going to ride the coattails of LeBron James over the course of the season, try to stay healthy so he can make an impact for the postseason? No, I'm not going to invest in Dwayne Wade this year. No, and I'm with you. I'm with you. His his current ADP on Yahoo is 80, and Ugh. there's no way I'm picking That's him 80. Name. That's all name that is, value. I was right just going to say, that is all name value. You're absolutely right, DJ. You Speaking are of name value, Ken, with your next player, I think that he might be overdrafted. Go ahead. Go um, ahead, sir. And that's Well, yeah, hard transition here over to Blake Griffin, who, <laughs> dealing with a toe injury, um, he's prone to many injuries over the course of his career. He's expected to be a limited participant for the start of training camp. Now, he's on record saying that he feels fine, he feels ready to go. Doc Rivers is allegedly the one holding him, holding him back, um, but the plan is for him to be full steam ahead. Now, for a guy uh, in the depart- departure of Chris Paul is supposed to be, you know, have just just as much upside as really any player in the NBA coming into this season. He's another guy that I think is still being drafted too high. Now I understand the rationale to bump him up in value because he's basically the only bright spot on their, on their roster, at least offensively. Um, Here comes the rooster. Yeah. Injuries mark him way down for me. Uh, I I'm just, I don't really want any shares, even though he's going to have opportunity for as much value as anybody else in the whole league. 
I I well, love I love Griffin. He's currently ADP of thirty seven on Yahoo. Um, the health I get. There are health question marks, but the reason why I love Griffin. If you look at guys who are picked at like let's say the end of the third, um, fourth round, where B- Griffin's currently going. There's not many folks in that range who have the upside to be a top 10, top 15 fantasy guy. With Chris Paul gone, if Blake Griffin stays healthy, he has that kind of upside. I His assists are going to go way up. He averaged eight rebounds and five assists last year before getting injured. There's been stretches where Chris Paul has been out where it's basically it's it's point forward Blake Griffin, and he's... He's damn good. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. He racks up a lot of assists. He's a really underrated play playmaker. You know, there's going to be struggles. He's never going to hit threes. He he's not going to get a lot of defensive stats. But I do think that the assist and even his rebounding could go up. I, I think there could be increases across increasements across the board for him where he is a top twenty level talent. That's why I like him where he's currently granted. Being picked. But in how there was a, in how there was games. a nonsensical time on Yahoo when they actually. Um, had him as qualifying at center. That's not still the case, is it? No. You see me? No. No. Okay, good. Actually, good that's why. He is still center eligible on Yahoo. Oh, he is still. He is. That's crazy, but little yeah. little glitch there in it's, the Yahoo It's not system. crazy for his stature, but it's crazy because DeAndre Jordan sure as heck is not right. ever playing power forward. I get what right. you're saying there. I mean – Griffin, honestly, is gonna. We're gonna put him in the category where he could win or lose you leagues this year, depending on where you take him. If you take him in the third round, where it seems like he's falling to, and he is that monster worthy of a top top round talent, then he's gonna win a lot of people a lot of money. Like I like to say, Ken, all the time. Uh, nothing has changed with this new season. But again, if you're drafting him too high, you're taking a leap, taking him, you know, at the end of the second round, and he's a dud who only plays 35 games, then you're almost assuredly gonna lose your fantasy season so uh for me i'm not going to assume the the risk that's just not the type of fantasy player that i am um but guess what you know i I think a lot of rosters will have blake griffin and joel Embiid on on their teams because if you have fantasy players worthy of taking the risk or 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 wanting to make uh that jump then uh, griffin and Embiid really fall into the same category for me okay good points good points gentlemen let's move on to our our next news item Chicago, Zach Levine not allowed to uh, participate in any contact for the next month. Does that matter? And frankly, is this just an excuse for us to make fun of the Chicago Bulls lineup? To me, this injury just speaks more to, really? That's all you got for Jimmy Butler? Really? But guys, am I overreacting? I think so. I'm, I'm one of the few who likes the take that Chicago got in return. But I'm higher on Levine, higher on Dunn, and higher on Markkinen than most. I'm not saying they're going to be pretty and they're going to win a bunch of games, but I, I like all three of them as prospects. As you think Dunn's going to, you think Dunn's going to get a field goal percentage over 42 percent or so? I think it's feasible. We're going to see strides in that department from him as he grows as a player. Last year he was in a limited role under a strict coach. He's going to grow in that area, but it's. I don't think field goal percentage is ever going to be a strength for Dunn. Um, but with Levine in particular, it's tough. He, I think he's on pretty much everyone. He would be on anyone, everyone's sleeper list if he were healthy. And another thing, if he were healthy, people might not have looked at that trade the way they do. But but he hurt his ACL, and he he's not going to start taking contact till November. So we're already 
two, three weeks into the season before he starts taking contact. And then how long is it until he actually gets into game action? Another two, three weeks, a month, two months? We don't know. So I'm, mm. I, I love his upside once he returns, but I'm, I'm scared to invest in him too high despite that ceiling. So here's my take on him, Ken, is that I'm willing to draft him in head-to-head leagues because I'm of the opinion that no matter how long you know they hold him out, ideally he's going to be ready to go when head-to-head playoffs start. And, you know, sure, is my record maybe going to suffer in the first couple months of the season because I didn't have him available? Yeah, but if I'm getting him in the fifth or sixth round, you know, it might not matter anyway because things things from the late fourth round to the early eighth round are, are relatively a toss-up every single season. Um, and that's, you know, we'll just take that for what it's worth. In rotisserie leagues, I'm going to back off pretty hard on him because I'm losing, you know, at least a couple months of the season of, of his stats. So this is definitely a case for me um, where it depends on the type of league I'm in, whether or not I'm going to invest in Zach Levine. And uh, similarly, uh, Shannon, you mentioned uh, the Finnish marketing We've got a projector for 27 minutes a game. I don't know if that's been adjusted since Meritach signed with the Bulls recently, or re-signed, I should say. I don't, I'm not so confident in any, you know, Portis, Markinen, Meritach, even Paul Zipser. I, I don't know how you can have any confidence in anyone playing more than 23, 24 minutes a game. But where do you guys stay on their power the forward? The amigos depth? are officially back, baby. Yeah. We've got the first hard mispronunciation of the season. Miritich to Miritich. We're back. It feels good to be back, guys. All right, Shannon, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Bulls uh, trying trying to get rid of Robin Lopez at some point to free up minutes for guys like Miritich and, and Markinen, um, Bobby Portis, but. So none of those guys are legitimate centers either, do, do you uh, think? I mean, Markkinen ha- has height for this for the center position. Rebound. I know he can't rebound. Yeah. I but he looked damn good in in Euro play last month. I'm I'm actually I'm high on Markkinen. I do think he gets 27 minutes. The key here is this is clearly a rebuilding team. So like as much as you like Miritich or you like guys like Justin Holiday or Paul Zipser, give me a damn break. Those dudes are not going to get a lot of minutes. Like Markinen, Markinen and Chris Dunn, those are their building pieces. And also Levine, once he returns. Like those are the three building blocks. It's no one else on the damn roster. None of them matter. Maybe Bobby Portis, but like Miritich is gone. Didn't Miritich is gone eventually. He didn't sign a long term deal, did he? What was it maybe? Two years, two, I, two thought. Years. I thought. It was two years. Yeah, two let me years. Uh, So at most he gets traded yeah. next year. Like he's he's not to that team. Like boy, we could really use a soft European poor shooter that doesn't play any defense. Hey, those stretch fours are coveted. There's a reason why John Lure's been in the league so long. It's not because he's a really good NBA player. It's because (laughs) he's got size. He can stretch the court, and that's always going to be coveted in today's NBA. So you know there there will be Miritich though was out. Miritich was out there for a long time. Miritich, I wish I wish he was a starting power forward for the Pistons this season. I would be thrilled. Really, but it it, him. out there for a Miritich was out there for anyone that wanted him. I mean, they just resigned him three days ago. You know, it was anybody that was hot for Nikola Miritich. (laughs) I know, I know. You're right, but which is the next T-shirt I'm ordering? Anyone who's hot for Nikola Miritich could have moved in the last six weeks. The one guy, like Paul Paul Zipser, I think so. Markinen, 27 minutes per game. 
I, I believe that Markkanen will get the 27 minutes per game. I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's. We're gonna have rebounds now. Paul Over Zipser 27. being the starting power forward. I don't buy that. Give me no. like, give me Denzel Valentine or somebody like that. Like I, I want someone with more upside than Paul Zipser. Hey, I'm not saying up, I'm not saying starter, but there's just a lot of mouths to feed. We're already we haven't even mentioned Cristiano Felicio. Saying yes. they've got a lot of bodies, they got a lot yeah. of bodies. They're all in the same sort of mediocre, you know, problems but upside scenario. Yeah. Before we move on to the next point, I will say, you know, you guys were talking about can Chris Dunn improve his field goal percentage? I don't know how that's even possible on a team like this because if anything, there's going to be more right. contested shots. He's going to have trouble finding open looks, and I, I would be on a team of very young players that are completely unproven. Um, I, I don't know why anybody's field goal percentage on the Bulls is going to see a sharp increase this year. He's going to be in a role that he's more comfortable with. He's going to have the freedom to actually take the shots he wants to take. Thibodeau was choking that dude out on the leash. Like, he couldn't do anything last year. <laughs> he was, and he was young, and but he was scared. He, but he didn't, he, didn't he, shoot, he shoot lower 40s in college even, didn't he? I mean, he, he had a problem in college. This is not a one-year problem with Dunn. I, I have faith that Dunn will be... Uh. Will, do you have him in the keeper league? Who's got done in the road? I do have league? him in the keeper league. Oh, all right. Here we go. All right. There now we can move on. Now I we have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's just get to what I think is one of the most inane storylines. Totally under the radar. No one bothered to mention this, but it's crazy to me. Andrew Bogut signs a one-year deal with the... Lakers? Really? You are an injury waiting to happen. You've got all the money you could possibly need. You clearly want to play just to win, chase some rings, and you decide to sign with the Lakers for one year. I get it if the Lakers are like, here's a three-year deal. You're part of our rebuilding. I understand the Bogut played briefly with Luke Walden and maybe likes him as a coach, but why, why, why does Bogut sign with the Lakers? Well, it's a money grab, right? And and he's just gonna be pals with Luol Deng. He's gonna be, you know, you know, pals with the other guys. I guess Mozgov has moved on here. Um, it's it's a money move. And and if you're the Lakers, they are in a rebuilding year. I know they think that you know maybe is two point three million a money move though. I mean that honestly, the the Celtics didn't have two point three million to offer. I. I don't understand. I think Bogut is is super overrated. And, you know, when this trade happened, I remember because I I wrote the Bogut note when when he accepted this, and I was just trying to get a sense of what he was thinking, what the Lakers were thinking, what the rest of the league was thinking. And, you know, the tweets that were coming through from these professional NBA reporters was, oh, wow, you know, great move for them, or, or can't believe he wasn't snatched up. Like the same sentiment that you're throwing out there, Ken. I think the the days of Bogut being an efficient player are, are gone, and, and I don't, I mean, I'm I'm not so positive that you necessarily even need a, a locked you know like a lockdown rim protector anymore in today's NBA. I, I think you need those perimeter wing defenders far more than you need somebody like Bogut on your roster. Let me. But you don't you, think there was other interest in Bogut? Is what I don't. Saying. I don't think there was, and, and the reason for that. Let me give you these stats. Last year, played 27 games. Averaged 21 minutes, a solid eight rebounds in 21 minutes, but only three points and 0.9 blocks on 46.9% shooting and 27% from the line. 
He's just he's done. I honestly I think this is last season. I think he retires after this year. It's going to be his age 32 season, but given his health issues for much throughout most of his career, he he's got an older body than a 32-year-old. And here's the other so this thing. This was more a result of lack of demand. I believe so, yes. Most definitely. And here's the other thing is that everybody on that Warriors family tree um, is being glorified, right? And so we had let's it's five seasons of glorifying Bogut and what his role he played for a championship team or a record setting team. When in reality, I bet he hit his wall when he was thirty years old, and now he's thirty two years old. But again, you're able to mask things like that, and there's a glorification of the roster top to bottom. Like where, where in the world was the praise for Ian Clark back in the days when he was in Utah struggling to even find rotation minutes? Suddenly he gets a couple minutes on a championship roster and it's like this guy's a savvy backup point guard who knows his role and is really efficient like there's just a glorification and we kind of miss the sharp decline with Bogut's play uh, because he was on the Warriors and and one last point about Bogut too and and the Lakers the the reason why they signed him was because they're going to trade him before the deadline they know this this they're not competing this season Mm -hmm. this season isn't about making the playoffs this year I don't they're, blame the Lakers at all. No, I yeah, just I, I'm trade. shocked Bogut isn't just going for more of a winner. But obviously, if there's only one team interested in you, you sign that deal. They'll they'll trade him. They just did it because they'll trade him and pick up a second round pick at the trade deadline. You play Brooke Lopez. You play especially Evita Zubats far more um, than yeah. than you would ever play Bogut. It's 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 a no brainer here for the Lakers. And I want to thank DJ for. Uh, uh, pronouncing Zubats, not making me do it. Thank you. I think that's going to be your favorite NBA na- name by the end of the season. Zubats. What's the, how do you pronounce the first name even? I have a, I'm Ivica. Ivica. Zubats. I, I know like. you struggle with those European C's. So don't worry, Ken. He's not going to play this. He's not going to play that much this year. <laughs> talk about. Him. I think he's More one of the most valuable Bogut, keepers though. around the league. I we think he fall- slotted over Bogut. 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 Yeah, Bogut's not going to play. Zubat right. is going to play now, a t- 18 minutes game. Enjoy it. Now is the time, though, where we need to give our Oklahoma City raised, um, red-haired savior of <laughs> Rotowire a moment to discuss Hoodie Mello and his beloved Thunder. I question if there's even enough shots at this point for Westbrook, George. And mellow, but clearly a move you have to make if you can. They didn't give much up. But DJ, you run. You run with the hoodie mellow uh, thunder move, please. Well, enough shots. Maybe for me, drinking alcohol when I watch these first few games as they fight <laughs> over the ball. No, there's not enough shots. There's not enough basketballs on the court if you just want stupid, run-down, you know, proverbial mm-hmm. adages around the NBA for a team like this. Now, a lot of comparisons have been made, right, to other uh, three All-Stars coming together. And I think the Heat is a great one, right? Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, where that very first season um, of the Heat trio, I think they started out 17 and 17 or 18 and 18. And everybody was saying, you know, this is on fire. Can't believe it. They guaranteed eight championships and all this stuff. But it just takes some time for everybody to just figure it all out. Now, my main concern here is that, and and Shannon, I think we've had this conversation already, is that Carmelo Anthony needs to be the Chris Bosh of the situation. He needs to just sit out there on the wing, take big shots when needed, and not overly assert himself. Catch and shoot a little more. Right, but my fear as a Thunder fan is that Paul George 
just just the mentality, just just from what I've seen of his personality and whatnot, is going to assume that he's the Chris Bosh of this trio and and take too small of a role when in reality he needs to be the Dwayne Wade where if he's feeling it, he can take over the game and whatnot. I, I and, and so the pecking order should be Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, but in Carmelo Anthony's mind, I mean it's just how he's wired. I mean, that's part of the reason why he's been such a good NBA player. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's the man and it's hard to take somebody's mentality away. Um, that's that's gotten him to be a professional basket player, ball player. So I think that if they started out eighteen and eighteen, just like that Heat team did, I wouldn't be surprised because there's going to need some time to gel. I'm going to give them thirty, forty games before I'm really going to start to say something's wrong here, or yeah, something's wrong here. I, I don't think they're going to come out hot by <clears throat> any means. My worry a little is people are assuming this helps keep Paul George and I was I guess party one of course is keep Westbrook but that's I kind of assume bunk. that's going to happen yeah I, 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 I'm I not, think I Melo really... signing might push George more out the door where he's like yeah it's such a bad fit and everyone's kind of catch you know everyone wants to ISO and post up the George gets more frustrated you said Oklahoma the- raised Ken I, I grew up in Oklahoma 18 good years Tulsa Oklahoma to be specific Paul George doesn't want to spend more than one year in Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. doesn't want to. When they oh, all talk about this is a ploy to keep Russell Westbrook, keep Paul George, and like try to convince them, it's all bunk, man. These guys don't want to be in Oklahoma. I didn't want to be in Oklahoma. I moved. And I'm just your average middle America person. I can't imagine what a millionaire would think. I, I'm gonna, I actually think their games are going to mesh well, especially Melo's already came out and he said he's going to play power forward. He's happy to do so. That's really the perfect fit. That's where, like, he should in today's NBA, he's the perfect type of power forward to have. Because um, he's he's still he's still an elite offensive player. Um, at you know, as is West, Russell Westbrook. Both of those guys, not too great on the defensive end though. But here's the thing: it doesn't matter for OKC because the rest of their starting lineup, Roberson. Paul George and Steven Adams are all elite defensive players. Like, so they're going to have three elite offensive players who can scare, carry the scoring load each night and three elite defensive players in their starting lineup. That's insane. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I don't think they'll challenge the Warriors, but they're going to challenge for the number two seed in the West, and they'll be a much better team than they were last year. Something that Nick Whalen always talks about is that in any other time period in the NBA, if you had three bona fide all-stars join forces, you would say they're a lock, right? A lock to win the championship. That can't be said anymore because, you know, we have such a high benchmark, uh, really a benchmark that's just kind of disappointing. And and we're kind of getting the tail. And, you know, I've been kind of like, dying on this hill for the last three seasons is that um this isn't fun when when kevin durant was traded to the warriors it it was disappointing it wasn't like i wasn't even mad i was disappointed because we're gonna have a few seasons of just you know teams making massive blockbuster moves and guess what you say oh yeah but of course you know nobody holds a candle to the Warriors. so anyways um moving on because it i just i'll just wait till i see the thunder i'm going to reserve judgment until then we had a whole conversation about the Cavaliers, and we did not mention Isaiah Thomas one time. Mm-hmm. Now, partly because um, per Joe Vardone of Cleveland.com, he says he's returning at some point in December. Now, for me, um, I, I'm kind of reading into this so saying, you know, LeBron's got this. Don't worry. that You're going to at least win 75% of your games in the first couple yeah. months. Why rush Isaiah Thomas out there? But Shannon, from a fantasy perspective, you know what should we be reading into the situation when Isaiah Thomas is the quote-unquote best available player in your draft room? 
it's tough. It just depends on where he's going to be selected. I can't, I can't envision a scenario where I pick him. He's going to have to drop pretty substantially. I mean, right now in Yahoo leagues, he's still going in the, in the second round. His ADP is 23, 23, 24 range, which is just insane to me. I mean, that's crazy. I, I'm not picking him in the third round. I'm probably not picking him in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Me, well, not the not fifth, fifth not yeah. sixth, If you're, if not you're Cleveland, what's your rush to bring him back? You don't care about your regular season no record, incentive right? Whatsoever. Absolutely, Absolutely no incentive. You totally. I need him ready for the playoffs. I need this lineup to be playing well come playoff time. If they, if it means bringing him back in January. Cavs are fine with that. They don't, whatever's best for their playoff run, not their regular season. And it's going to be a slow ramp up what to, once he does come back. I mean, we currently have him projected for 52 games. Yeah, we got him 95th. We have him 95th on our rankings. 52 right games and 33 minutes per game. Now you've got you've got Derrick Rose on that team. You've got Dwayne Wade on that team. They have they they have the cushion and the depth where if they want to bring him back for the last 50 games, okay. But they don't have to rush him back. Like they could, they could ease him into the rotation. You know, the first couple of weeks he could be playing a light load. So you're talking about now we're down to like 40 games or 45 games where he would only be playing his full his full minute load. I, I here's one scenario though. Here's one scenario that's not so far fetched. Derrick Rose gets hurt in the first month, right? I mean, he's not exactly Cal Ripken. I. I I get that. They, maybe they no rush way. him back. That's the only because you know, they don't want Jose Calderon playing more. They than, don't need to. You have LeBron and, James and Dwayne Wade on the roster. They don't need. They don't need Derrick Rose at all, or they don't need anyone. They have LeBron James. They could. They could start Kyle Korver at point guard. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely is a good indicator of the East. Now, one thing I'll just say for our listeners and for all three of us, um, just to be aware of when Isaiah Thomas does come back. Um, I don't, I'm not going to make any firm declarations. I don't think anybody should at this point. But just something to be aware of is that I'm not so sure that crunch time minutes, it makes sense to have Isaiah Thomas out on the court. When you have somebody who can create space and create shots for somebody else, that's what Isaiah Thomas was doing for Boston. He really he was just taking all the shots himself. <clears throat> when it comes to the defensive side of things, I don't know if they could actually stomach having IT on the court where, believe it or not, Dwayne Wade might be a small improvement. So something that Yeah, I'm but going Thomas to be- will be a much better catch and shoot option. When healthy. When healthy. And much worse on the defensive end. I, w- I worse just, than Wade? Just just something against point guards. Of. Thomas is worse than mm. almost everyone in the NBA at defense. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? I I'm not so certain that a backcourt of essentially LeBron James and J.R. Smith wouldn't be a better crunch time crunch yeah. time duo yeah. in the back yeah. backcourt esque backcourt ish, if you will, with Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder playing small forward. I think that that might actually be a more efficient and more effective lineup. So just something to be aware of. I know we're talking about Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. We're talking about Dwayne Wade. Does it actually make sense from an X's and O's stance for those two guys to be out there at all in crunch time? I don't know. Something for us to watch and, and keep our eye on. Ken, the floor is yours. Fair question. And you know what? In Cleveland, with that deep 10 Tickets are going to be very hard to get for, used to be called the Q. I don't know what they call the Cleveland Arena anymore. But anyway, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person. SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. 
I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, believe it or not, and it's the easiest way to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I've, I'm finding seats. In fact, I just use SeatGeek to buy tickets for Northwestern Purdue uh, for the early November game in Evanston. Beautiful uh, ways to check out the views from your seats. Found it super easy to use. And uh, so Sam and I will travel from Vermont to Evanston to hopefully see uh, the Wildcats do okay against uh, Purdue. We'll see. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available to you. We have a nice offer for you, RotoWire fans. Best of all, new users from the RotoWire show can get $20 off their first pitch purchase. Just download the app, the SeatGeek app, and enter promo code ROTONBA. That's one word R O T O N B A. Uh, and you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. All right, guys, let's get into the broader topic of today's episode. We'll spend about 15, 20 minutes on sleeper picks. Now it's the preseason. Um, Well, the preseason, I should say, starts this Saturday. We got a couple of games. Lots of drafts are starting to roll in. I know I've already been in a CBS mock. We had one today in conjunction with CBS, another mock. And then for a lot of our leagues and our keeper leagues, they're going to roll in right when October starts. So only right of us to go over our sleeper picks shannon showed me a list that was too long to count so maybe he can (laughs) take a deep breath and and give us his first couple names and ken will will agree or disagree with him uh go ahead shannon all right it's tough it's tough i i did i was compiling a list of names and it is a good two dozen players um which is far you love sleepers you love you love sleeping you love sleepers yeah i am i'm you know the more sleepers you mention the more likely you are to hit on one I, I'm there. You go. I'm going <laughs> to rattle off some. Um, just, just, uh, just to name them. We don't have to go in depth about them. Um, especially guys who are already top 50 or top 100 players. Those guys aren't sleepers, but there's still a couple. I have. I just. I have to. I have to at least touch on Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, for Atlanta. Look at their depth chart. He is going to just slay it this year. I think he's like a third or fourth round pick. His ADP on Yahoo is 51. We have him ranked way higher than that. I think we have him in the mid thir- mid to late 30s. Um, I'm very high on him. I'm picking him over like Ricky Rubio, who goes in like the fourth round. Um, D'Angelo Russell, just obligatory. I have to you love You've him. loved him since birth, I think. He's, going, he's going to be better than uh, Lonzo Ball this year and in all future years. D'Angelo Russell. Shannon and I have our first bet of the season, Ken. A $20 bet. Who will be an all-star first, Lonzo or D'Angelo? Lots going into that, but let's get back to your sleepers. What's on the Wait, no, no. What's on the line? We need to make that an official wager. Cold hard cash. $20 buck. 20 20 bucks. Who will be an all-star first, Lonzo or D'Angelo? Again, you know, you think it'd be easier to get in in the East, but Lonzo might have more around him in the West, even though. So it's it's tough. We will definitely touch on that pretty much every pod moving forward this season. Go ahead, Shannon. (laughs) So those two young point guards who are going to be better. um, Clint Capella, I like a lot. His ADP is about 70 uh, in Yahoo right now. I think he's basically the skinny version of DeAndre Jordan this year with Chris Paul and James Harden throwing him lobs 
it's going to be insane. He's going to get, he's going to shoot 69% from the floor, have a bunch of gimme buckets and get rebounds and blocks. 70 is actually kind of high. Um, but I, he is I would skinny. Consider, yeah, he is skinny. I would, I would consider him there. So th- those are just three of my guys who are already top 100 are already on everyone's radar, but should certainly consider them. Um, let's go. Let's, let's go. Who do you got? DJ. Well, well, I would just say the whole Hawks roster, right? There I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of new names coming into fantasy relevancy that we've never even heard of, never talked about. And, you know, I'm not high on rookies. And, and we were talking about, you know, and we will talk about in just a little bit, you know, can rookies even be considered sleepers? We'll talk about, we'll kind of end the pod with that discussion. Um, but guys on Atlanta specifically, I, I'm going to key into during my drafts. Schroeder, like you said, definitely. For me, it's Kent Bazemore. I mean, he had so much value value across the stat line where he's going to get you a block he's going to get you a steal he's going to give you some three pointers as well and you're telling me that a guy that's already doing that in a limited role is going to see even more minutes yeah sign me up i want as many shares of kent Bazemore as i can get he's the one guy i really want to come away with 100 percent ownership of when it's all said and done after i'm done with my five or six drafts that i'm in this season um sure i'll i'll i'll, I'll consider your takes on torian prince and ursan Ilya. Sova, uh, but Dwayne Dedman for me is going to be a top 30 center this year. And so when it comes to center eligibility, I think he's going to be needed to be owned in standard leagues. And then we've got a rookie, John Collins, that for right now, Ursan Ilyasova has proven to be a fantasy commodity when he's seeing at least 26, 28 minutes. Um, so you definitely need to toss a flyer his way. But you would think that over the course of the season, John Collins might be the breadwinner at power forward when it's, you know, last month or two left in the season. Yeah. So something to be aware of. Maybe you don't draft him, but you just have him flagged on the waiver wire. Yeah, I fully endorse every the top six players on the Hawks as sleepers. Um my favorite, though, is Torian Prince. We talked a little bit about him at the end of last season. He showed a lot of upside. Um, so him, Bazemore, Ilya Silva, can't go wrong with any of them. So just continuing on, I won't labor on because I think Shannon gave us a good list, and I, and I don't want to steal any from Ken. Um, you know, I don't have a Justin Hamilton pick from last year. If you guys remember exactly a year ago, Justin <laughs> Ham- I was all over him. Never really got oh, opportunity. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember. Um, he was just a great per 36-minute guy, and I was super stoked that he'd be seeing minutes in, in, in Brooklyn. Never really came to fruition. Just signed a contract over in China, so that tells you um, how, how how much interest you should but put he's, into my he's sleepers. a hot sleeper for fantasy Chinese players. Yes, he's, he's the hottest. He's not even – he's he's uh, he's top dog over there. At, and fuego. And fuego. Um, so, you know, a, a hard sleeper that I'm looking into that I think is not – really didn't get much credit last year, Shannon might disagree with me, is Willie Cauley-Stein. He should be um, on route to 30 minutes per game. It was a great per 36 minutes guy. Um, he won some people some money in DFS competitions when he was guaranteed money post DeMarcus Cousins. In fact, the very first game that Willie Cauley-Stein went out and played post DeMarcus Cousins, he just tore it up. His box score was just massive, massive, massive. Um, So I think he's clear for minutes. And for me, that's the guy that I'm going to be maybe drafting around a round and a half too early. I know that's not even possible. Um, Just just to have him on my roster because I think that he legitimately could be a top 60 fantasy player this year maybe even top 50 because again he's going to help you out in steals he's going to help you out in blocks and field goal percentage and 
I just think he could be a top 15 center and definitely a top 50 player this year. So if it means needing to take him in the fifth round of drafts, I think I'm going to reach up and do that. That's early. He's going about 93 right now on Yahoo. Ken and I both love Willie Cauley-Stein as well. Um, Just just completed a keeper trade. Yeah, there you go. I I shipped him off to Ken. Uh, I would not draft him in the fifth round. I like him in the 90 to 100 range where he's currently going. Um, there are some guys who are of interest. You can get Derek Favors after that. I, um, I would take Cauley Stein yeah, every single time I get over it. Favors. I get it. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm not going to reach on Cauley Stein. I do like him a lot for this year. Um, just not going to reach that high. Ken, Ken who, are, who are some of your sleepers? Well, you guys had mentioned uh, Hawks uh, and a lot of options there. I, I, Dwayne Dedman. To me, center some point guards are really the core of fantasy teams, and I think Deadman's going to get crazy minutes in Atlanta, but you guys already already touched on the Hawks. I still think Jalen Brown is being wildly overlooked. I realize Marcus Smart might start the season at shooting guard for the Celtics, but that's more of a seniority move, and frankly, Brad Stevens loves bringing Smart off the bench. I think Brown... He's going to get a bump to me. He's going to start by the 10th game of the season. I think we're going to see 23, 24, 25 minutes a game out of him. You know, there's a reason uh, Ainge traded quantity for quality is because he's got youngsters he needs to play and develop. And I think we're going to see a lot of Jalen Brown. There's a lot of upside and pedigree, number three pick. Uh, I think Norman Powell is eventually really going to be the uh, starting small forward uh, or even just wing for positionless Raptors. Because I just don't think C.J. Miles is going to have the legs to play the defense necessary to stay in the rotation there. Um, but I, I have seen Powell on a lot of sleeper lists, so maybe that's not too terribly unique. I like Jeremy Lin. I, I'm not as big a D'Angelo Russell fan uh, in Brooklyn. But even if Russell plays well, they've got Lin signed up to be the shooting guard. I think there are going to be times with uh, Russell's immaturity issues where they bench him and Lin gets full run. But Lynn can also catch and shoot in addition to create his shot. And and similarly in Brooklyn, it's kind of an Atlanta-like scenario. I think Alan Crabb is going to get a crazy minute boost. He's going to shoot well from three, nice free throw percentage. I like Crabb. And then there's uh, the whole point guard situation in uh, Clipperland as well as New York. I just want to gamble on. So I'll take a flyer on Patrick Beverly versus Milos. Tia Dosic, uh, oh, though. It nailed ma- it. Good job. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 you know, crossing fingers there. But uh, yeah, we all have a we have a document that we put our notes on, and Shannon and I were just like eagerly waiting to get through his <laughs> list to, for Tia Dosic. That had that had the potential to be the worst reading oh, of yeah. all time. Yeah. We, we both were on the edge of our seat here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. But. Why not gamble on one of those two just to see who wins, you know? Uh, and then, and you can mark this down now. T. Lee Kina, Frank T. Lakina, point guard for the Knicks. Do you realize that his competition is R- Ramon Sessions and Jarrett Jack, who together have 21 years of uh, horrible NBA experience? I-, I don't see how either of those guys even is healthy enough to make it to the end of the season. Uh, his, so uh, Tilly Kina's physical percentage could be terrible, but uh, certainly another crazy minutes point guard that's worth gambling on. I, I will tell you, Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nicotine, whatever you want to call him, we're not going to try saying that name this year, Ken. I'm going with Nicotine. So, so yeah, like Fra- Frankie Nicotine, 
um, is one of the guys on one of my two dozen sleepers who I have on my list. I, I'm very high on him for the reasons you mentioned. There are yeah. no other point guards of, of worth considering for the Knicks. So, I mean, they're in full rebuild build mode. They're going to give him tons of run. He is only 19. He's going to be he's going to be pretty raw, but he's got he's got pretty high upside. Uh, Teodosic, I I like him as well. I think he beats out Beverly. I, I actually I think Beverly plays. I think he plays a lot of two. I just don't think Beverly's a point guard. Right, but they want him on the court to to yes. guard the best yes. backcourt player of whoever the opposition is. And, I, and for that reason alone, he's going to see a lot of minutes. Milos is like a supremely crafty player. He drops dimes. He's essentially the European Chris Paul, just so everyone knows. Like He's going to be throwing crazy lob passes to DeAndre Jordan all season. I I love him this year. He's one of my deep sleepers. I uh, you know, kind of jokingly picked him to be rookie of the year in our preseason uh, pull amongst our experts, uh, just because there's so many rookies this year are crazy. This rookie class, um, and this goes this goes without saying. Like you, you could name probably a dozen to maybe up to fifteen rookies that should be considered sleepers for this year. You know, Tio Doshik's one, Frankie Nick, Nicotine's another. Um, we have we have uh, Malik Monk. He's he's not drafted until about one forty one on Yahoo. I like him a lot. I like De'Aaron Fox. He's not draft till around 130. We're not even touching on the guys like Lonzo yeah. Ball right now, right? I mean, there's just any any one draft. Dennis Smith, he's people are going to be really high on him. Donovan Mitchell with Utah. There are at least a dozen names. Markinen, at least a dozen names that are worthy of fantasy consideration this year just because most of their teams are rebuilding and those players are going to have significant roles. Um, is there any specific rookie that one of you two likes the most? Outside of Lonzo Ball, because he's obvious. I, I think DJ and I already agreed uh, in the uh, in Nick Whalen's uh, poll of all the writers. We both had Dennis Smith as our r- fantasy rookie of the year. Yeah, Dallas. I mean, it's just an utterly vacant backcourt where he should probably get about 148 minutes per game. So I think I, I guess I never <laughs> actually looked at the publishing of the article, but I switched at the last second to Lonzo Ball. <clears throat> mostly because I, I have more faith in the Lakers to put him out there for 30 minutes per game than I do of any other organization with any other rookie this year, just because they were invested in ball, ball before they even picked him up, you know, and, and I just think they have every incentive. The other ones, if Smith ended up averaging around 24 to 25, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. You know, I'll, I'll just grab my soapbox real quick and I say that rookies are a grab bag and I just stay away from them. Now, this is the one season that I will admit that I might have one or two rookies across all my teams. This is going to be, you know, kind of the outlier year for me. But for the most part, you guys can take them. You know, you named a bunch, Shannon, and guess what? Half most- of those guys aren't, aren't going to be fantasy relevant, but there's, you know, I'm not going to waste a pick on them. I want somebody that's proven, like Dwayne Denman. I know what I'm getting into with him. Yes, so do I. Seven points, six rebounds, about uh, three quarters of a block. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so that's. I think it'll be it'll be pretty fun when next week we're going to talk about bus. Um, but for mm. me, you know, I'll, I'll go with Dennis Smith. Ken, I will agree with you that if I had to invest in any of them outside of Lonzo, Dennis Smith, the one just to give a spoiler for next week that I definitely will not have any shares in will be Josh Jackson because yeah, I, I don't really know who he is as a player. I, I need to watch that guy play before I'm going to actually um, you know wager any money on him or you know put put uh, some fantasy stock in him one of and ken what about you what rookie what 
you're you're saying Dennis Smith's the one that you're definitely targeting. I had Dennis Smith first. Uh, I, Frankie Nicotine, we already mentioned. I just love his opportunity. Um, but you're right; it, it goes pretty deep, and uh, maybe it's a whole other pod where we we go through your full list of sleepers. There, oh, I'm still gonna run, I'm gonna rattle off a few more names. I think one of the th- one of the takeaways <laughs> with the rookies, I, I would say though, is outside of. Lonzo Ball and Dennis Smith. Most of the guys are going. They're they're not going in the top 100. Right. So you're right. going to be able. Fultz is going crazy high as if Ben Simmons yeah, isn't going to handle the ball. You Fultz know, and Simmons. Those are two guys who are both rookies. They both go high as well. But there are a ton of other guys who are drafted in the top 10, top 15 of this year's draft, who are going lower. Who are going after pick 120. You're going to be able to get as lineup filler. If they don't work out, you can drop them. There's even guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich who is like. He's the better Bogdanovich. He's he's better than his his non-related uh, sibling who who's playing in Indiana this year. This one's actually good, and he's going to play well. He's going to be on the Kings. I could see him being a starter on the Kings. Um, the Kings I'm, are going to be fabulous free agent fodder all year round because yes. that that rotation to keep moving as it probably should. And they got a lot of youngsters, and someone's going to peak. There. There's going to be talent. There's going to be spurts where Zach Randolph is going to go off for ten games, George Hill, right. and then they're going to lean on rookies, and you're going to drop them. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a way to keep track of it, but Sacramento Kings is going to show up on the waiver wire, off the waiver wire, quite a bit this year. Now, the couple other follow up points. I need I need to rattle off these sleepers to get them out of my get them out of my system. <laughs> Rodney Hood is currently going yes. 121 in Yahoo. Yes, yes, yes. I I can't uh, find uh, an expert who doesn't love Rodney Hood this year. If you look at his production with Hayward off the court last year in Utah, it's his per 36 minute production without Hayward on the court is very similar to what Hayward did. Mm-hmm. Like he he has that kind of upside. He's Joe he, Engel, there's no baby. reason he shouldn't be their leading scorer by the end of the year. Yeah. Like, he he should be the man in Utah. He needs to take a big leap to make it happen, but all signs point to him just shooting up the his, fantasy value chart. His ADP is about 40 to 50 spots higher in expert drafts. It's not that yes, low. Like exactly. it's way higher. Um I also I really like the kind of post hype prospects, post sleeper hype. So you've got guys like Buddy Heald who you know people were kind of mm. on going in the draft last year. Sophomores always get overlooked. So, yeah, always sophomores. Get overlooked. So besides Buddy Heald, you also have Brandon Ingram. I mean, there's a reason why he was one of the top three prospects in, in the 2016 draft. He's really, really talented, and he's going to take some leaps this year. We saw him do it towards the end of last year. Jamal Murray is one big one who's the same scenario. Oh, you love you, love you some Murray. Jamal Murray, he's ADP is 131 on Yahoo. We have him ranked as like a top is it re- 50 player. Is it really that low on Yahoo? Yeah. 131? We ranked oh, that as is like a shocking. top 50 player. That's he's, crazy. He's going to be... Everyone's, he's where's Moutier be, at? Moutier's Moutier. probably like at 80, and he's going to be riding the pine. Nah, Moutier is not even on the board. I don't even think he's top 200. Um, but you have Justice Winslow is another one. Thon Maker is, is a guy. Chris Dunn. They're just... T- don't forget... Those sophomores, or or even the third year players who are just now getting their chance. One guy in particular, Stanley Johnson for the Pistons. Marcus Morris is no longer on that team. KCP's gone. Those are two starters who logged over thirty minutes per game. KCP's minutes are going to Avery Bradley, but no one stepped up. Who's going to take uh, Marcus Morris' minutes? It's going to be Stanley Johnson. It's not going to be. Whoever they have, Stanley Johnson may come off the bench, but he's the one who's going to reap the most benefits. He's going to average at least 28 minutes per game this year and finally get a chance to earn a 
pivotal role. So you're saying that even, even if uh, SVG goes with Tobias Harris and John Luer as the starters, that Stanley's still going to slide in there? Yeah. And, so and really there, there's the something job. wrong with the phrase John Luer starter. Yes. There's <laughs> something I, fundamentally wrong there. There most definitely is. Um, it sounds like, Ken, when, when I start hearing phrases like fundamentally wrong, that it's about time for your crazy old man rant. First one at the yeah. I'm going to cut it short because we've run super long. I'm just going to say this. Phil Jackson made $60 million to run the Knicks, who went 80 and 166 during his leadership. He was the highest paid executive in all of American sports at $12 million per year, a full $2 million more than Theo Epstein, who has multiple World Series rings from when he was actually leading the team as the head executive. And yet, Phil Jackson fell asleep assessing a top, top draft candidate. He forced the mellow trade. It had to happen. The relationship was soured even after he left. I had written all these points about how disgusted I am, but we've gone too long. I'm just going to say, Phil Jackson, $60 million, 80 and 166. It's, it's all said right there. All right, as we're going to do all season long, K-Train's mispronounced name on this pod Nikola Miritich changed to Nikola Miritach. That was a good one. Good first start. Andrew Bogut to Andrew Bugut. And my personal favorite, Frank Nilikina, was something along the lines of Tila Tequila or Chilaquiles. I didn't really catch it. Uh, but, Ken, why don't you get us out of here? border. I wish I should be doing shots of tequila every time we mention, <laughs> mention that. All right, actually, my, our, our, out, our, our outro quote, I'm not gonna, I didn't say who said this. I'm going to say it. It's a rookie from the 2015 class. And you have to guess what arrogant rookie from 2015 said this. You ready? Respect. No, I never had respect to anybody on a basketball court. I heard about if they smell blood, you get eaten. I'm not like that. I don't care. Whether it's a veteran or a young player standing in front of me, I always have the same goal. I want to run over everybody. Which 2015 rookie said that? D'Angelo Russell. Shannon? Um, it's not Russell because he was timid as hell. Um, ooh. Options Chris stops. It was your boy, Shannon. Stanley. Mario Hizenga oh. said that. Who <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Terrible. Still is terrible. He's, he's one of the Where is he on the Orlando depth chart? Oh, wow. Oh, right, Ken, let's hear that beautiful whistle. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.